Welcome back to Nerd On. You're listening to Mandalorian, the most official, unofficial companion series for The Mandalorian on Disney+. We break down the episode from plot and key characters and give our takeaways from a mythos and narrative aspect. Today's episode, we cover Chapter 14, The Tragedy. Yeah. Um, I am one of the hosts. My name is Tom. I'm Corey. And today's episode, all of our episodes are brought to you in part by the wonderful people of the Neuron Nation powered by Patreon. Patreon. If you're unfamiliar with Patreon, uh, check out nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. It is a wonderful resource that we use to make uh, the best podcast that we can make. Allows us to pay the bills, but also to incorporate more times and hours because uh, time is money. To make a show like this. Yeah. This is because of Patreon, we can do these subsidy shows like... Mandalorian. Yeah, and it helps us grow further and further. Subsidiary? Sub, 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 subsect? I don't know. Substantial? Sub, sub, <laughs> sub, sub, anyways, uh, but yeah, in, in all honesty, the goal is that the Patreon will allow us to make podcasts full-time and provide more content for you and explore things on a full-time basis. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, that would so be cool. Check that out. Um, once you are part of the Neuron Nation, you get to be part of Every topical episode where you get a nerd on nudge, you get a frontline pass, or you get a frontline pass for the update and get a nerd on nudge, and we answer your questions first. But also, you get to guess that grump on our topical episodes, and also you hear some never before heard episodes like the minute and the extra, where we go in depth about things that aren't really on our schedule and things that you would have to know to find out. Um, but like we do a minute, which is a micropod, and then the extra, which is long form, no, uh, and there's no um, no structure to it. It's great. Um, but also, we couldn't make this episode without Apogee and Odyssey. Um, the hype mic is what we're recording these episodes on. It's a wonderful USB mic. Um, and uh, I, we would suggest it to anyone who is playing video games, making podcasts, or just talking to friends. Um, but also, these Odyssey headphones, the LCD ones, these open back um, headphones allow us to hear each other in good quality because we want to be able to hear that wonderful uh, audio that's being transmitted through that hype mic. Uh, so check those guys out on our website at nerdon.tv. Um, that website has everything. But also, if you want to be part of the conversation, we have a Discord for The Mandalorian, um, and it is on our Discord, nerdon.tv backslash Discord. So with all that bills being paid, let's get on with the show. Um, yes. Chapter 14. Uh, the tragedy, huh? So, um, we'll do a quick little, uh, a little production first. Um, and it's just a little brief boy. Um, so go ahead, Corey. The production brief boy <clears throat> directed. This episode is directed by Robert Rodriguez, who you might know from Sin City, El Mariachi, Battle Angel, Elita. Uh, appearances by Tamara Morrison from Aquaman, uh, six days, seven nights, and what's give me one more occupation. I'll say occupation is okay. the other one. Um, and for those of you oh, really paying attention, Clone Wars, Clone Wars. <laughs> Attack of the Clones. <laughs> um, also appearances by Ming Ne Wen, who is from Agents of Shield, Mulan, and Eureka, and Gina Carano, Haywire, Fast and the Furious Six, and Deadpool. Um, who is the episode directed by? You said that, that right? at the very top. You said that right, Man, Robert you, Rodriguez. You, you went so fast. Who did baby. Sin City, El Mariachi, and Battle Angel Alita? You did. You went so fast, baby. It's so good. Um, mm. Yeah. So this is now the sixth episode of the season. Um, we have two more episodes left. Uh, what were your thoughts? Initial reactions. <laughs> fuck yes. Uh, I was pumped. I mean, where last episode with uh, Ahsoka was that very. Uh, Kurosawa like westerny uh, type of episode this was like oh <clears throat> by the way we got Robert Rodriguez 
<laughs> Apparently, he, um, he snuck in. Yeah. The director for that episode dropped out, and so he snuck in. And thank goodness he did for an introduction to a character we've all been waiting for. Reintroduction. Um, a reintroduction. Right. Re- introduction. I would say this is his formal introduction to this series. Okay. Um, and getting to show off that it's not the suit that makes the man. It's the man that makes the suit. Um, so I, <clears throat> I think this was for me, especially where this episode ended. Uh, I'm more excited about this season than I have been. And yet so sad that there's only two episodes left. <laughs> Um, at the same time. Yeah, I, I can echo that a little bit. Uh, again, here, resident uh, high crit, harsh critic of the show. Um, this is me being cynical and saying, it looks like they kind of realized, like, hey, maybe we should just connect the storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, because the funny thing about the last episode, it was great with the introduction of, or the, you know, fleshing out or the you know, the live action debut of Ahsoka Tano. Kurosawa, yeah. you know, all those vibes are great. But it felt like a short film. It felt like it could be yes. standalone and it could be on itself and it should be revered for what it is. We're here felt like, cool, the thing that got introduced in episode one and the thing that you talked about in seasons before, like, all are here. Like, it's mm-hmm. as if you should have done this from the very beginning instead of showing me episodes that had no point. Um, like, and so, like, I'm glad that, like, hey. We're in we, a good place. We can have connective tissue. And it's like. Yes. No one, I don't, and that's the thing where it's like, I don't know who in the pitch room or who in the, in the, in the committee who makes the films and makes the shows were like, Hey, if we connect it, people may not like the fact that we're not doing that Western thing. It's like, no, no one's going to be mad. No, not yeah. one person. I think Dave Filoni finally was like, Hey, we can connect do this. We can connect <laughs> it. And I think, uh, it, 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 it showed up. I think a lot of people were saying like, this is a really good episode. Um, for me, I just kind of enjoy what I think I like out of TV shows and it's character development, it's character introduction, it's character relationships. And the show I felt for such a long time was lacking in all those departments. And now I'm like, cool, we're doing it together. We're not just Robert Rodriguez to nail, nail it home. Yeah. And I mean, I would say with Robert Rodriguez, his kind of main strength that's shown for me is he moves the camera. Yeah. Like a lot of things in Star Wars so far, you don't move the camera. Here we're moving the camera. We're running with the stormtroopers. We're we're behind somebody's shoulder shooting. And a, I, that else. comes from his his back backstory, yep. his experience of shooting mariachi, which yep. was like a no budget loss. Like he put his own money into six thousand dollars. <clears throat> yeah, and I think they shot it all within like three days or something. Six thousand dollars in Mexico and a lot of favors. Yeah. So I think, and I know I, I fucking, I sound like a echo. I say this all the fucking time, but these filmmakers who really fought for their original vision. So a lot of the times horror filmmakers will, will make amazing blockbuster directors because they, their toolkit is much larger than relying on a, a large budget to either CGI something in later or have a DP take care of it. There, these are the types of people like Robert Rodriguez ran the camera for El Mariachi. He wrote, directed, did the score, and was his own DP and and worked the camera on his own movie. So <clears throat> this is someone who understands fundamentals of filmmaking at a different level than someone else. Yeah, he lives within it. He doesn't make it from afar. Um, so yeah, there there's just a lot in it that's really great. Um, yeah. But with that, um, let's go into the spoilers. 
Uh, oh, dude. Uh, favorite parts, favorite characters, and uh, qualms. It would be uh, the t- 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 icing on the cake is just seeing him smash people with a stick yeah. and getting to see stormtrooper armor shatter and the shot of that one guy just laying there totally mangled up. Like, that's Boba Fett. He's back. He's, he's, I mean, if this was a movie theater, people would have been cheering Screaming. for that whole entire fight. Screaming. Yeah. Um, I think uh, what I really enjoyed about it was um, he knows, and that's the thing that I'm getting a little wonky about. Mm-hmm. Bo-Katan, I feel like, is the one Mandalorian that actually knows what Mandalorians are. Yeah. And Din Jaren don't know shit about Mandalorians. And even Boba Fett does, where he's like, that armor's my father's, so it's mine. I'm a foundling like you. And also we fought in the Mandalorian Civil War, which I'm like, cool. So it lays to rest a lot of the rumors or the theories exactly. of like, exactly. is he truly a Mandalorian? Is he not a Mandalorian? Canonically, he is a Mandalorian. He is a foundling, so he wasn't, you know, raised as within the clan, like born into it, but he was found... Jango Fett was was found into it, and so then he was more is it, and then the Mandalorians accepted him, and it's not like a you know offshoot thing. But the thing I like about it, where it's like, I think before there was a kind of sexiness to the idea that um, Jango Fett was this you know uh, extremist or someone who just took the armor and pieced out, which is from extended lore, um, mm-hmm. but that he was revered upon and. He kind of, and that's the thing I'm really starting to like about characters in Star Wars. It's the gray, the gray characters. And I think Boba F- Jango Fett and Boba Fett <clears throat> become these grayer characters because Boba Fett is in Clone Wars, the animated series. Mm-hmm. And he works with uh, another bounty hunter and he wants him to be more honorable. And there's that sense of Ahsoka Tano and Darth Maul where these characters are different, are characters from different factions, from the Sith, from the Jedi, and now from the Mandalorians who right. still strayed away from the path that we normally see and are quote unquote better characters now. Like I think for it. And so I think there's this, I agree with that. Yeah. There's a cool sense of like Din Jaren now has Bo-Katan to look at. Like these are who you can, like, I'm kind of sad that the armor hasn't played come back at all. Cause it's like the armor, the armor who gave him his, Oh, 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 armorer. And I was like, the armor came back big time in this episode. The armorer didn't come back. And I was just like, Oh, what happened to this convent of religious zealots now? But now, like, Bogotan provides this place for Din Jaren of, like, hey, you have a place you can go to, you where you belong. And now Boba Fett's kind of like, uh, almost and might be a little father figure or like a little, like, a little, this is who you can be, who you would become. Yeah. And because it, it's, I really like what happened with Fennec with uh, Ming Na Wen's character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she now has a mm. life debt. Um, yep. and, oh, and her, her, can we just talk about her 180 no scope? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that was baller. It was a great, that whole fight scene was fantastic. Everyone got a moment. Um, yeah, everyone got a moment in it, which I think is a really good balance of it. Even fucking Grogu got, son Grogu got a moment. <laughs> uh, and, um, uh, I, I, I like where, again, I, I really enjoy that Din Jaren is getting personality. Finally, yeah. Um, like the the beginning with Sun Grogu and the ball, the Dragon Ball in his hand, 
and uh, Ding Ferret. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to keep rolling with it. And, I know you are. I'm, and, I'm, I'm here for it. And, um, you know, him learning who Boba Fett is and Boba Fett being mm-hmm. like, we are and like, he's an honorable ass dude. And I'm like, I like this. I like this a lot. Oh, like at the end where he's like, I told you that I'd stay with you till I got the kids. Our deal was I'd get the kids safely. So I guarantee the kids safety. Yeah. So now we are in debt to you until that mission yep. is complete. And I was like, <clears throat> that's a nice ass dude. And hopefully he doesn't die. Um, but like if he just it, he's a character that I don't mind if he just peaced out because Bubba? I kind of yeah the, like the interaction of I'm we're on this mission together is great but also with once Bubba, the mission's gone like, yes because the thing is like I w- I wanted this for with grief cargo I wanted this with Cara Dune I wanted this with sure. Bo-Katan anyone else but Boba Fett is someone that I think within the iconography of Star Wars deserves to be like if we just left him alone. Yeah, we can just flush out his character and let him live within our imagination. Sure, but sure. Just- I mean, it's such a popular character that fans decided he survived the Sarlacc pit with the extended universe books, right? So let's let's be careful with him. Um, I agree. I think that I, I, as much as I'm stoked to see them go on this mission together, I would be fine if he pieced out afterwards and they had this you know res- mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Um, because when he suits up, man, and comes back. Holy shit, is it dope? Um, and uh, you know that there's that moment where he's in the Slave One, which is the name of his ship, mm-hmm. and uh, he's flying after the Death Troopers, mm-hmm. and he finally sees it, and he's like, "Oh my god, they're back!" Vampire and I was back. like, "Oh man," I'm, he's like, "I'm looking at an Imperial cruiser right now." Um, so yeah, we got to see our first glimpse of the. Did they call they call them Death Troopers? Right? No, Dark Troopers or Dark Troopers? Yeah. Thank you. Um, we got to see our first glimpse of, uh, always thinking of like death watch, uh, dark troopers, uh, with these robots that, uh, were being built, uh, very small, quick cameo. Um, they're but pretty I'm much like little terminators. Yeah. Bulky little, terminators. Little, yeah. Like miniature K2s yeah. from rogue one. Yeah. Um, and I think I loved the design of them. I really did. I liked the design of these, these, uh, dark trooper robots. Yeah. Um, I thought they were really cool. I liked, I also really liked seeing Grogu reconnect with the Force, mm-hmm. seeing that Force vision stuff. And, and Tython, from, baby. From the perspective of someone who doesn't know what the Force is. So, I mean, like Clone Wars, we follow the Jedi, and even in Rebels, we follow a Jedi, and we, we go right. to Jedi temples and we see that stuff, which Rise of Skywalker had, did not have any business talking about Jedi <laughs> temples. Um, but this one here, like there, there was a moment where the Jedi Temple is a is like a tuning fork of the Force, and it yeah. allows Jedi who go there to kind of get what they need from it. And some people like go through their Jedi training there. Um, but uh, Grogu reached out and maybe connected with somebody. And I, I we'll talk, we'll save it for the end of the episode. But I, you know, we obviously got predictions. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I also like. Moff Gideon being able to be like, oh, would you know what this is? And he's like, he's like, you remember the old old ways. Because Grogu would have been like, you know, Phantom Menace age. Yeah. You know, so like he, they, he Grogu knows what a, a lightsaber is. Yeah. Um, so I'm. He even tries to grab it. Yeah. I mean, seeing him. Okay. Let's talk about him tossing the yeah. stormtroopers around in his cell and how cool that was. And just seeing where he's at force wise. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's still not harnessed it in a way that he can use it. Um. In a, effectively use it in effectively that doesn't drain him completely mm-hmm. right um it he he kind of goes it's like it's like the same kind of thing with like you know adult snakes and baby snakes the baby snakes are more dangerous because they can't control how much venom yeah. 
in each bite, uh, which might be an urban myth, but that's what I was taught. Uh, stay away from all venomous snakes, by the way. Uh, but I've been taught that baby ones don't know how to control it yet. So he's kind of that baby snake in this sense, that he can do a lot of damage with the force, but he can't really wield it in a sensible way. Um, so it's actually I liked, like, I liked the door opening and seeing him just toss these stormtroopers around all willy-nilly. It is, and this is something that you don't have to fact check. Like in Twilight, when a new vampire turns into a vampire, they still have their human blood in them. So they mm. are, are overpowered because they have a bunch of human blood that they have to convert into vampires. Interesting. Blood. Um, so there you go. There's the, there's the, what we'll use. So he's a new vampire. No, let's not bring vampires into this. No. Um, um, but I think this, this, the end of this episode also made Moff, uh, Moff Gideon, mm-hmm. Moff Gideon, um, Moff Gideon, a much more interesting character. Yeah. Uh, more intriguing rather. Yeah. Um, before he was kind of this, you know, even in that last episode of last season, like it was a lot of fun, big baddie, but he was just this, like, he didn't feel like he was part of the story. He felt just kind of inserted. Mm-hmm. Um, where now he's, I'm very invested he, in his character at this point. He is like an original trilogy. He was like Sidious. Yes. And then now he's becoming Vader where he's like, cool. Yeah, now you're part where, of the plot where I'm like, oh, okay. Now I know why you're here. Yeah. I wasn't sure before. I wasn't sure why you were here. I just knew you were a bad guy and you wanted the baby. But now I understand that there's like, there's also, he's got something personal in this as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to see this trio. I'm I'm also really so the one thing I really liked about just the fact that like cool like uh, and that's the thing a lot of stuff happened in this episode which I was glad like they yeah. arrived there they get attacked they you know Grogu gets kidnapped okay cool we're teaming up now now we go back to see Cara Dune and then also what are we doing to, with Cara Dune we're gonna break out your your boy uh, Bill Burr and yep. I'm kind of excited to see that because I'm like cool like. Give me characters that I can see stick around with instead of like, doesn't this look flashy? Well, we'll put it away. Doesn't this look flashy? Well, we'll put yeah, it away. Yeah, bringing back Bill Burr is going to be a great... I mean, he was my favorite character in that episode by far. Yeah. Uh, I thought, strangely, which I never thought, Bill Burr, this fucking angry comic from what Boston or New York, uh, it fits perfectly in the Star Wars universe somehow. I mean, he's, and, he's like um a better... Uh, not better. He He's like a, a more identifiable like uh who's the guy that you make fun of in um in infant <laughs> oh Watto yeah he's like that he where he's like he's, he's not really likable but you like him you do you can't help but like root for him yeah even though he's an asshole yeah um, um so, that, so that's and it's funny just again Bill Burr you know eating his own words of Star Wars isn't for him but now he's in it yep so I also think that this is their exit for Cara Dune um you know to Marshall now, or what? It was a Marshall. Yeah, she's now sheriff. 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 Uh, she's got the stripes, badge, and stripes. Uh, I think this might be the exit for her character due to the controversy of her personal social medias. Yeah, I mean, um, there's one thing that Disney does well is that they hide controversy pretty well. Yeah, because I, I still do. have not seen that stuff on the internet. I've only seen like Hawkeye stuff. Um, oh, just Google it. <laughs> um. But yeah, all in all, I think these last two episodes are like a total one-two punch of hitting hitting what I wanted this show to be from the start. Yeah. Um, and while I have, you know, obviously anyone who's listened to the show knows I've enjoyed the show much more than Tom. Uh, it's it's nice to, you know, be be shown what the potential is mm-hmm. before it's over. 
You know, there's a lot of shows that the last season they're like, oh, why weren't you doing that the whole time, heroes? Like, why was that? Why did you say that for the last episode? Um, so it, I, I'm excited to see. It, it it restored a lot of faith in for me and Dave Filoni uh, and John Favreau as understanding the Star Wars universe much better than uh, Abrams or Kathleen Kennedy. I think I would or even the execs at Disney, whatever, whoever had the choice in the pre in the sequel trilogy, Kathleen Kennedy. I, okay. So they, I trust them much more with this universe than I do with, with her because they maybe started off Rocky, but so far it looks like that maybe they've kind of finally gripped the handlebars in a sense. I think Dave Filoni should just get full star Wars. That's just me. Um, you've heard everyone who's been listening has heard me, you know, have these very Keep harsh. Keep as a producer. Yeah, um, have harsh takes on it, and like, you know what? I don't. They make better. They made more films than I have, more TV shows than I have. Um, but I think Dave Filoni just explores, expands, and introduces better than you know other people. Yeah, have. and um, I think the nice thing about this show, as opposed to the sequel trilogy is the way they play on nostalgia. Mm-hmm. For me it's a it's a key difference. Um and it gives you it gives you characters you're familiar with. Yes, like Boba Fett, but I've never seen Boba Fett unarmored using a I think it's called like a uh graffiti stick or something like that. It's the, uh, what the uh raiders use. Yeah. Um so it it's very different as opposed to where Chewie gets a medal. Force Awakens was just New Hope step for step with the different, like it's like putting a skin on your Xbox. You're like, well, it's not an Xbox. It has my gears of war five skin on top of it or whatever it may it's be. It's like, I'm glad Maz Kanata had a real big role in the film in the franchise. Yeah. So, uh, and maybe that's also just what, uh, what you could do with a TV series opposed to a movie. Maybe you can take those. They allow those kind of risks because the investment isn't as great. I don't know. Anyway, Filoni, is not baloney. He's no, fantastic. He is not. If he, I mean, but I love baloney on food though. Um, but uh, I will say my baloney has a first name and it's Dave. D-A-V-E. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I talked about this on our Discord, um, which everyone should check out. But uh, I just had finished Clone Wars, the final mm-hmm. season. So I'm like, cool. I have watched everything except Resistance, and to this point, hey, I wouldn't have needed to watch Resistance to watch this. And um, there are these last few things where, like, in Clone Wars, I'm just like, yeah, and I'm starting to see it happen in Mandalorian of, like, there is this greater sense of what the world is and the hope of what people have towards their government. And I'm just saying, (laughs) Dave Filoni can do it. Um, I trust... Uh, it's it feels bad and it feels toxic and I don't like being that person. But I was just like, yeah, I think Dave Filoni should just have everything. So that's me. But let's get on to Give, favorite. Well, character. We're not the only ones. I will say trending is giving. There's a lot of Star Wars fans online who want to, and I quote this: "Give the keys of Star Wars to Filoni and Favreau." Yeah, I'm down with that. Um, I'm I'm I'm. Let them take it for a while. Let them let us see what if they have control. Let us see what they can do. I'm I feel like this. I feel like. Favreau, again, I've never met the dude, and I think he's probably a lovely human being, but I feel like he got a real good pitch game. He got real good. Yeah. He could pitch it. He could pitch the shit out of it. He could produce it. 
but I would just leave it directing and writing to Filoni and I'll be set. Except, oh, but Swingers, man. He's not, he's not but all You have not, not, all not bad. seen Swingers in this series. Swingers did not happen. Dialogue like no. that does not happen in this series. No, 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 so, that's fair. No, so no. But uh, what about Chef? But he was like, hey, how about Jungle Book? How about Lion King? And then it's like, yeah, yeah they made a lot of money, right? And no one, quote unquote, hates them except for what they are. It's like, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Star Wars, true. it's the exact same thing. It's like, I can make you a lot of money. It's like, Favreau's got the pitch, but Filoni's like, I'll look out for... But I care, the, that, but uh, I care. I'll look out for the people who actually want to buy it, you know, so you don't just get hated on by those people. All right. so I get what you're saying. Favorite characters, uh, top two. Uh, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Uh, specifically, Tusken Raider stick Boba Fett. Um, I thought his introduction was great and how well he handled the the situation that whole standoff was was wonderful uh and like you said they they've written him as as what i've always pictured him as where it's like i'm gonna get the job done but i'm not gonna do it and it's totally i think he's learned a lot since his days of disintegrations and and you know you know time in the sarlacc pit he's a lot of time to reflect uh and then my second favorite character man that's tough i it's either it's either uh Mando or uh, or um, what's her name? Fennec Sniper, Fennec. Yeah, it's Fennec. That one eighty no scope. That holding. I mean, the homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark in there as well. Like she's got, she takes cake for sure. Yeah, it's it's time. Um, it, uh, two people got redeemed. Yeah. Um, for me is Boba Fett, and then uh-huh. Grogu. Grogu. Uh, I like Grogu because Grogu actually did some Jedi shit and yeah. like. I I was here for it. Uh, and my qualm is going to be why I didn't pick Din Jaren. Because um, he doesn't have a jetpack. And I was like, what? What? Oh, because he took his jetpack off? Took his jetpack off. I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, they told him the to whole, we're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to go with the windows down. Here's his flying scene. Cool. Guess what? I got to go get the kid. I'm not going to have my jetpack. I'm like, yeah. It's a logic yeah. gap that I'm just, I, I won't forgive. I, uh, I will not forgive. I agree with you. I, f- I agree with you. He should have put it back on as soon as the standoff was done. As soon um, as he got back up there. Yeah. Well, he took it off. Where did it go? Did he leave it up there? Well, it's just, He left it down there where the standoff was? Well, did he, did he leave it with the Razor Crest and then it's gone? Yeah. Like, oh, man. R.I.P. Razor Crest, right? That was a... That moment I was like, oh, shit. I, I didn't was, think that was going to happen. The thing for me, I was kind of like, okay, cool. Like, again, I'm I'm here. I want to see the Revenant of the Mandalorian. I want to see him fucking struggle. Oh, yeah, no, no. I liked it, but it was, I I just didn't see it coming. Oh, yeah. For me, I was like, whatever. I'm going to shit. But then, because I knew <laughs> the second option, it was either going to be Revenant or Ron the Slave One. And one, one of my favorite parts was when the Slave One arrived to the planet with Cara Dune in, and it just comes in and it's like not messing around. Like, the way they've shot it, and again, this is just Robert Rodriguez, right? It's like the way they've shot any type of ship landing, it's always been like for a joke or like this majestic thing, which is a Star Wars thing, I get, but like there's something really nice itch like that got scratched in this episode of just like this ship is landing, we're here, we're gonna we gotta go. And I was like, Yeah, uh, yes. Like, cause that happens in Clone Wars where like ships just land or people just jump off the ship because they're like, we can't just you know pad our timing all the time with like a ship landing. Yeah, so. they did it a lot in the clone. That's the one thing about the Clone Wars movies I liked is those transport ships. 
The show? With the, that had no sides. Oh, the movie, yeah. yeah. They were yeah, just yeah. jumping out and in. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think the, the shifts were really well done in this as well. Like, you're right. Seeing Slave 1 come in was really cool. Yeah. It was like, oh, it's happening. And he's coming. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought about wraps it up. Yeah. I didn't really have any qualms. You don't have any qualms? Um, I'm trying I, to think. No. Um, my one prediction is Ezra Bridger is going to be that Jedi. You think? I think it's Ezra Bridger. Because, that he connected with on, on Typhon? Yep. Um, and I would be okay with that. My kind of thing is either that or Ahsoka then meets him in the show that she probably will have because Disney Plus is just green lighting Star Wars shows left and right. Do you think right. she's going to have her own show, Rosario? Miniseries, maybe? I think people want to. I don't know. If, and this is me being petty. I don't know if Disney's smart enough to have a miniseries. And I say that like really shadily because I think they just want proliferation. And if they don't know how to do like, here's one thing that doesn't connect to anything. It's that they don't know how to do that anymore. Um, and they, if they would be smart to do a miniseries, like, I don't know how long Obi-Wan's going to go. Is it a miniseries? They haven't said, but they're going to just let the audience tell them what they want. Obi-Wan? Yeah, it is a miniseries. Is it? It's eight episodes. Eight episodes? Okay. So if I it's believe. a miniseries, then I'm cool. But I I think, yeah, Ahsoka, Finding Thrawn, Getting Ezra, maybe leading the new you know way of Jedi. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or Grogu meets Ezra, and there's that tragedy that Ahsoka never really sees who Ezra is or where Ezra is because Sabine's also looking for him. Yeah. And so if Sabine never finds it, Sabine and, and Ezra is more, It's I think that's more good storytelling of like if she finds him. And, but then you have another Mandalorian, right? Yeah. So, well, uh. I think that about wraps it up. This is all in all these last two episodes, y'all. Filoni, Rodriguez, Favreau. Good job. Shout out. Shout out to you guys. Shout out. This is take, keep this. Do going. this. Do this more. More of this, this less, more. less everything else. <laughs> um, and Bryce Dallas Howard and Deborah Chow. Shout out to you guys. Yeah. Um, but that's the group. Uh, yeah, Get everyone all together. listening, thank you for uh, sticking with us. Uh, let us know what your thoughts were, um, what things that we didn't talk about that you'd want us to talk about more. Put it in the Discord, slip and slide into the DMs on Instagram. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, we want to hear from you on Facebook, everywhere. Um, check out nerdon.tv for our website where you can see all of the uh, content we do, but also where you can support the show with our affiliates. Am I missing something, Corey? No. Okay, you just gave me that look of like, is he going to say Oh, it? I stubbed my toe. Oh. I'm trying to work through it. <laughs> um, maybe some forced healing from the episode that they never re- refer-, refer to. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, uh, thank you everyone for listening in. Until next week, take care of each other. Uh, stay warm. It's getting cold out there. Um, and it's flu season. So um, stay hydrated and drink some tea, baby. Um, you know the drill. As always, nerd on. Ending broadcast.